All right. So we are the Interesting People I Know podcast. Um, I'm so thankful I get to, I really know so many interesting people. People are like, you're going to um, run out of interesting people. I'm like, watch me. I'm not going to run out of interesting <laughs> people that I know. She's like, you're not going to know them. I go, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to know them. So um, without exception, I've had great people on. And today is so exciting for me because I have dear friend and abstract painter and amazing kick-ass woman, Carlin Meehan. Don't say Meehan. I've been saying it, but you can say Meehan because I think it's more proper. <laughs> Is it Irish? Very Irish. Okay. Yes. Like I'm a lo- not a lick of Irish. I did my like ancestry and they're like zero Ireland. Oh, wow. Zero Scotland. They're like 100%. We don't really know. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like you're just a mutt of a lot yeah, of things. which is good. I think it makes me strong. No, we're strong, we're strong, strong Irish yeah, family. That's good. Yes. Okay, so Carlin Meehan, um, we're going to be talking today about a bunch of different stuff, and everyone knows that's listened to this podcast, which I think is like either the same hundred people or maybe all their friends. I don't know. I've been tracking. <laughs> I like get really excited. It's kind of like a kid that's um like in junior high looking at their likes on Instagram. Like I look good at the Podbean app and I want to see like how many people have downloaded <laughs> and I judge my day out. No, I don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, I, I judge my self-worth on it usually. So <laughs> it's been three weeks of amazing self-worth. So we're going to talk about art. We're going to talk about your family because I'm like fascinated. I think being an only child and then hearing about you being from a family of six kids. Am I right? Mm-hmm. In the count. Um, all brothers except for you. Like, there's some great stuff in there too, and lessons about like the Meehan program and stuff, which I don't know. You can trademark that if you want. <laughs> we could. You should. We should. Yeah. So, trademark. Okay. Um, and Carlin Meehan owns the trademark, um, maybe with her <laughs> brothers as well. Okay. So, Carlin Meehan um, grew up here in Newport as well. And she uh, went to put herself through the USC Roski School of Art. Fine art? Art? Fine art. Fine yeah. art. Um, and so she, I just learned today and I thought I knew her, but she double majored in <laughs> painting and ceramics. And I was like, where are my ceramics? And she told me that they're not coming anytime soon. <laughs> and uh, she told me the real reason she was a double major. So we might get into that. But I wanted to talk to her at the beginning about um, the process of being an artist, because that sounds like scary shit to me to like, say, just a plant your flag in this in the ground and say like I'm gonna be an artist for a living Mm. I mean that feels very like renaissance and like do you have the Medici like are they like benefactors I don't don't know if you have any of their descendants as benefactors (laughs) of you but I kind of want to know like how that works so um tell me I guess at the beginning like how did you even decide to major or like to go to college and major in art I think well (laughs) it's been a long road but my First, I want to say thank you for having me oh, here. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, so excited. Um, I think what happened was my mom told me this story that when I was 18 months old, she was like putting my brothers in the bath. And so I had already bathed and she just needed me to like be occupied with something. So she put me in a high chair and gave me like a piece of cardboard that my dad, like, I think it was from the cleaners where my dad had shirts done. And she gave me all kinds of like pencils and pastels and pens. And she said, I just sat there and just filled the page up. And she was amazed that this two year old could just fill and be and actually like really be into it. And it was and I was really critical where I was placing color. And she's like, Oh, crap, I got an artist on my hands. (laughs) And so when I was growing up, I didn't necessarily take art classes, but my mom had a lot of art influence. So she would do a lot of like art projects with us. And then when I got to high school, I 
my oldest brother was very academic. And so, and I went to Newport Harbor, which is a very academic high school. And I kind of got lost in this like belief system. This wasn't from my family, but it was just like, oh, I have to take all these AP classes. I have to do calculus. We're going to do a podcast on this at some point because it's like such a farce, honestly. So my whole schedule was just packed with these AP classes that I hated because I was trying to get to a good college to prove I was smart. Right. So it had nothing to do with art. And then um, senior year, I happened to have like a free class. I needed to take an elective. And for some reason, like, I don't know where it came from. I was like, well, I'll just take AP art. Well, it doesn't work like that. You actually have to, <laughs> to take like, like the lower yes, level like art. the requirements to yes. get there. So I had, you know, the the confidence yeah, to just the walk spa, in. Which, of course, is so you. For yeah, anyone that knows you, know. it's not surprising. It was just like, <laughs> like oh, I'll just I'm petition here. in. I'm cool. Yeah. Have you seen my, like, 18-month-old work? I yes. mean, that's like, I filled up that cardboard. So, you know, <laughs> That's exactly I'm what here. the case was. So I made a meeting with the AP art teacher, Jody Weitzman, and I said, I want to take your class. And she's like, no, you can't. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't know who you are. So I said, well, let me jury in. Let me show you some stuff I've done on my own. And if you think it's great, I want to take your class. So we meet and I bring her some stuff. She's like, where the fuck have you been? Yeah. Like, are you been hiding under a yes. rock? And I was like, well, I've been busy. Taking stupid APs that I will and- never use and that I hate. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't want kids to do that anymore. So I, I don't like it. So I'm glad we're talking a little bit about oh, this. I mean, and so that was kind of my first experience kind of getting back into the art world or just taking a class that really forced me to learn some like skill skills. Like, so had you been like self-taught quote-unquote up till yeah, then or but like, like I didn't know how to mix paint I didn't know how to I never used oils like I didn't know any of this stuff so I was really in in it like I I guess like, I was you, naive what were you doing like when you showed her your work to get in was it like a sketch was that what it was was there sketches and then i had just done like little paintings on the side just whatever but it was just like it was just that you did for fun yes completely so did you do that instead of like having a diary completely okay and i think also she took a chance on me because looking back terrible stuff like i don't think it was that great you're in Um, high school though let's not like judge it too harshly (laughs) i mean it's like what do you like but but i and i ended up getting the end of the year the artist of the year from newport harbor were you floored i was or were you just kind of like i mean you're very humble but i'm saying were you like not really floored because you know like she what i learned from that ap class was a it was the first art class i'd ever formally taken Um, and then also it was just like she pushed me she kept pushing me but also I would take on whatever she gave me like stretch it out like look at this artist Um, and she knew I had like a really good like I was just really good at abstract painting okay Um, and you already knew that and she knew that she knew that so she's like this is your calling this is what you're good at like you're natural at it and um, did you feel like you loved it too like because sometimes you're natural at something and like you don't love it then you know what I mean sometimes you want to be good at something else like I don't know no I was lost in getting into college okay so I was like well how can I level you still worried about I was still worried about this stuff and I was just a really tortured teenager I want to say my senior year because I was trying to be so many things that I was projecting and not really following who I am 
Oh, oh I, I really so am. many, so many people. This is a huge problem. It's a huge problem in our society. And like I said, I'm not joking when I say there, there are definitely podcasts in the offing about this because I just get, I'm sick of it. I never thought I'd say this. I used to be a college snob. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a reformed hypochondriac yep. and college snob and maybe codependent. I'm on yeah. my way to being a reformed codependent. But um, I feel like I don't want kids to do that anymore. Well, and it makes me sad. I think particularly for me, this was this never came from my family. I had parents that were like, we got so ourselves. self-imposed. Absolutely. And also not your brothers making you do it, but they were no. role modeling with their path. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you knew. Yes. Yeah. And also I felt this truth, This it was a belief that my truth was, well, creativity doesn't lead pay, to money or success. Yeah. And so, therefore, I have to do everything I can to get good grades in these other areas to so hopefully launch eat. into a, a <laughs> you know, a, a recognizable school that's going to have some right. pull. So you were like, you probably really enjoyed this class. I'm hoping that it was like, you know, you were loving this teacher as a mentor. Yeah. Maybe still tortured, though, because you had this like thing in the back of your mind about this college bullshit yeah so then was did how did you pick like and did was there any cognitive dissonance on your part going to sc and doing the fine arts piece well i knew i was paying for college on my own <laughs> so you picked usc so, i mean i love you but like you i know. know does that pencil but okay but you know what when i was thinking about a call i i'm a really well balanced person i think that i have i'm very social yep. um i'm very creative i come from a big family um and so when I was thinking about a college experience, I knew that I wanted to be, I had, <laughs> I actually thought about going East Coast and then I went and visited and I was like, oh no, nah. I don't do cold. Mm-mm. No. I thought the, I did. We, we all kind of find that out when we do tours. Yes. I mean, there are very few of us that can hang, you know, yeah. hang. And so, okay, that kind of went, all right, yeah. I'll, I'll be Southern California and then, but I wanted a sorority. I yes. wanted a football. So you weren't going to be like the goth artist, like no. you know. <laughs> and like, I have to say, I didn't really click with a lot of art yeah, students because you're well rounded. Yeah. No offense to them. No. But, uh-uh. You know, it's a different. I was the weird. Actually, I was the, the odd man one. out at USC by being the only sorority girl. I mean, one of the very few sorority. Were girls you there. kind of like judged among oh, yeah. the art? Oh yeah, I bet they oh, were big like, time. "What I wasn't, are you doing?" I have this like joke that you make art or you are the art. Yes. Oh my god. So like yeah. I wasn't I didn't I had my highlights but it was they weren't pink. Right. And I didn't have the tattoos to prove I was already Yeah, maybe the eyeliner I wasn't was, super heavy. Mm-mm. Yeah. That's so. it. So so you picked it cuz you knew you wanted well-rounded and you wanted the college experience but also like hey, why not do the art thing? I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the best of all worlds. Well, I knew hopefully. I was going to flourish if I did something that I could really get into. Yeah. Um and had I been a business major, I would have not made it. Uh, it's so intense these programs now, and yeah. so and even, you even gotta if want. They it. weren't how boring. Like even if they weren't intense, it's like, do you want to spend your day studying econ and stats, like and no. finance? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're not into it, like it's not your jam. Well, also, I knew per class how much I was paying. So <laughs> I if most I college kids, like, oh, I down here when if, you go to college, you don't know the price. Oh no, and yeah. so I had like okay it's four grand a unit and then i was kind of doing i'm like oh my god this is over 500 dollars a class like so, per per sitting your ass in the yes, seat yes so oh my god. if i missed a class i knew how much money that was costing me not someone else yeah that was coming you. out of my loan that's gnarly so it kept me accountable yeah which i think i mean you probably wouldn't have hated it if someone stepped in and wrote a check. But I mean, I mean, I would have loved that. <laughs> but I mean, do you feel I mean, that's 
right there is like investment in your craft and in your future. It's like that you're you're all in because you're paying for it. Yeah. Which I guess I didn't really, really grasp until years after graduation. Really? Like how insane was that? But you know, when you're 17, 18, yeah, you don't just, know any better. And you're not paying the loan yet, really, are no, you? No, it's yeah. not a real thing. It's not it's real like, money. It's like a credit card. It's terrible. It's that- like my Amex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to pay for that now? Yeah, you yeah. kind of sign your life away, not really knowing Mm-mm. that that follows you until you die. Yeah. Like, there's oh no God. getting out of that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that follows you till, you're di- till you and, die. And that's, that's one whole, of the things. That's another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Um, so you go in for art. Mm-hmm. And was it what you expected? Like, what is that like when you go in? Like, I, I can't even fathom it. I'm like a comm major, right? So what do I know? Um, but like, do you just, were you intimidated? Were you like, just doing you? Were you like, looking oh, around comparing yourself to people? You know that, like, fake it till you make it? Yeah. That was me. Because I had only had an AP art class under my belt. That's it. That's it. So here I am. I walk into Drawing 101. And we're doing live nudes. Oh, my God. I don't know how to do this. I don't know shaping. I don't know proportion. I don't know shading. Um, Was it male or female? They're always female. Okay, because for some reason, I took like like an extension class while I was at UCLA um, while I was going there. And it was like an old man showed up. And I was like, (laughs) I didn't really know what to do with that. I felt very disturbed because I felt like I was like drawing my dad. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. And if I'm going to see that, I want it young. Oh my god. I don't want to see that old version. I want young. So young yeah. Oh no. I was I was scrambling at all times. Oh my gosh. But okay. I kind of think that I was scared for a lot of these classes too because it was I knew I didn't have the talent some of these other people had. Was it talent or was it experience? Both. I mean, like anything, it's practice. You want to be good at soccer, practice. Right. If you, you know, so I just knew I didn't have the practice that a lot of these See, students Okay, so had. is art really like that? Because here's the thing I have to ask you, because I know there's a misconception, like um, we were talking about this before another day, was like a Rothko, right? Some people mm. look at a Rothko and go, mm, I can draw, I can do a square of color, you know, yeah. whatever, two squares together, you know, but I'm like, so people I don't think understand like the practice that goes into it. So you, really, it is about practicing? Oh, absolutely. Okay. You want to be a master at anything, you got to put the time into it okay. because you're going to learn some stuff. Isn't there a Macklemore song about this? I think there's 10, like... hours. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to be relatable to the younger audience. <laughs> Hashtag Macklemore. Yeah. I'm looking it up. But, but anyway, practicing. Practice, practice, practice. Because um, I know by looking... I feel the same way whenever I go to a museum. Like I definitely... The last one I went to... I'd gone with my mom up, and I forget what the last exhibition we saw was, but I was looking at the the series, and I'm like, this is this is bullshit. Like, yeah, this like is bad. Yeah. yeah, and it goes for how much? Yeah, I think majority of the population see artwork that way. But yeah. um, but then what makes different artists fascinating is you start reading their processes and how right. they got there, their life stories. Where where were they? Who were they influenced by? What was going on in the world during that time? Right. So that is what contributes to what they're trying to express with their art. That's what makes it more interesting. So for you, because I've seen you when I first discovered your work was probably like five or six years ago. It might have been more because I'm old and I, I'm allowed <laughs> not to remember shit anymore. Um, so you have to help me. But you were, I think, like on Warwick or something. You knew some people that were doing like a house gallery or I know it was an event. Yeah. And it was like all very bright. And there were like a lot of circles, which I was like digging the little like organic kind of circle shapes. And there were 
I don't know if there were florals at that one. That might have been previous to that. Previous, yeah. Um, but so tell me, and you've been, you know, you're in a different place now because you're evolving as an artist yeah. and your story is changing, right? So mm-hmm. can you tell me a little bit about like what inspired you at the beginning? Like, because you're talking about like an artist's backstory mm-hmm. as part of his or her process, right? Yeah. So how does your backstory like affect your process and your work as an abstract painter? Like, I mean, do you want to talk about the Natalic series a little bit, like as a good illustration of that? Because I feel like, unless it's too personal. No, no, not at all. I think with every like series, I I like doing series at a time. Okay. And then what it is, is I decide, okay, I'm going to make 30 paintings with an idea, a color palette. And then when I'm done, I'm done. I want to move on to something else. So the first ever that circles that you yes, saw, yeah. that was um, actually my cell series. I had taken a biology class. Oh my gosh, it looks like that. That's when I said organic yeah. circles. Like I couldn't come up with the, the terminology, but that's what it looks like. So they were all these circles and they were in patterns and it came from a biology book in college that I had to take biology. That was mm-hmm. one of the mandatory classes. Yeah, because it's for, but was it biology for artists? No, I, it was like, <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> USC has a certain curriculum. No, I know, have you have to learn to take some GE or, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so I had I to take it. some GEs. And so I had this biology class and so it had like a couple pages with these blown up cells. And so I was like, these would make beautiful paintings. So I did a whole series on that and I worked on it on and off for a couple of years. Okay. And had so much fun with it. So that was kind of the first, and I oh, I think I have one or two paintings of that left. Are you serious? Yeah. There, it, and there are certain paintings my mom will a never let me sell. sell. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of because the... Because it's part of the story, correct. right? Yeah. And so for you, like, so, and then why so much, like, vibrant color, like, in those paintings? Was that also inspired by the biology book, or was it, like, you just love color? I love color. And you always have loved color? Oh, my gosh. I'm, like, a color whore. And like, why, I love it. Like, it just, why? I think it's just happy. I, you know, I think all these artists, when we had to do these artist statements, you know, they'd go way into these deep, right. concept, you know, these yeah. concepts. That but you don't have, like, synesthesia me. or something. You're not, like, you don't have a disorder that no, makes you see the world in color, just, but you love color. I love beautiful things, yeah. and I love happy things, and I just feel like when you make things that make you feel good... That's what I want other people to feel feel when they see my work. They want, you know, I and so that's as deep as I get. I think when I make art, I just I love jewelry. I love good clothing. Right. I, I just and I think artwork goes under that category of where beauty, just beauty. We all love beautiful things. Right. And when we get to collect beautiful things and put yeah. them in our home, it feels so good. It does, and it and it brings you to that feeling good place. So I'm not a dark artist, never have been. It just, I've always been naturally really happy. And I want other people to feel good. To feel that. So when you, like through the school, you see you go through school, paying your own way, which I think is amazing, have the experience where you're going to games and you're like, you say you have it all, which is like an awesome way to live. Yeah. Which is so you, which I admire that (laughs) because you're always like experiencing and feeling all the things. Um. So when you're graduating, right? And how big was the class from Roski um, of graduates from the fine um, arts? I want to say it was like 80 to 90 people. And this is like, they could be doing any kind of art, right? Yeah. They weren't like all painters. No, because a huge portion of Roski is design. Okay. So these are people who are working for corporations that will get into advertising or they do all the computer work. Okay. And <laughs> I graduated in 
2007. So this was really the launch of more online Got it. e-commerce. And they need designers, graphic designers, to kind of come in and zhuzh up their web pages. Okay. So I nearly flunked out of design. I had no desire to do computer no. work, even though you really do need to know your computer skills. Um, but fine artists, I would say it was very small. Like, I mean, maybe, like maybe 20 of us. Wow. I mean, it was just because, A, a ton of people in Roski were foreign. Okay. But B, there's this stigma of like, if you're paying incredible money. Yeah, a lot of Are money. you putting your kid through school? Are they going to be a painter? Right. Like, no, 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 no. You're going to put them in the Marshall School. Marshall School. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to run a hedge fund. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, you're mm-hmm. going to make sure your investment is going to turn like, out. Where's the ROI, right? And the ROI is always like the bottom line ROI, like the money part. Uh, absolutely. So here you are in a handful of um, artists, mm-hmm. fine artists, that yeah. aren't going to go to work for Disney or Pixar or, you know, whoever else, Shia Day or something. So... And then did you know at that point that you were going to, like, pursue art as a career? Oh, God, no. Okay, so what's your thought then? So what happened was, is here I am, graduated from school, and I didn't get a job right away. I want to say a couple months passed, moved back home with my parents. My parents, are, <laughs> I don't really remember them pushing me to get a job. I, I think they were, I just think <laughs> they so laid good. off me for that summer. Yeah. It was really me. I think also because I'm... I am my worst critic. I kick, I just. Your own ass. All the so, time. Yeah. So it's like, they don't need to like pile on. And, it's like Carlin's got that. And so what do I think? Well, I have these student loans. How am I going to pay them? Yeah. And so I had done very well academically at USC. And so I always believe in having mentors. And I've always had these wonderful male mentors. Okay. And so during summers, I didn't have art internships. I had real estate internships because my dad's like, oh, so-and-so yeah, loves you. Yeah, he was in real estate and yeah. development. Yeah, he loves you. He'll give you money for You're gas like, oh, yeah. or whatever. So yeah. yeah, so I wasn't really working on my dream in college. Right. If that was weird. So, you know, here are other art artists are working at galleries and that no I never did no. that I was like okay. that doesn't pay my bills right so um this mentor Bob Farrell is a um he's not only in real estate he's also a lawyer went to Cal super okay. smart guy and he's like if you took the LSAT I bet you'd kill it and then <laughs> so you'd be like a a lawyer and I was like, well, I mean, you could, but is that no, but no. at the time, it made sense. Because I was like, well, actually, I could apply this creative background with a law background. And I can read and write, maybe I can do contracts. Like I was thinking, yeah. like, maybe I could a business side of a art? business side of art, right? Which they don't teach you. No, that's cool. Not at all. No. So I was like, how can I combine these things? Because I'm, I'm a little more whole brain than most artists. So I go and take a job at a small law firm in Beverly Hills, and it pays really well. Okay. And what happened was, is that I still had like rent, these crazy loans. I was like coming up short every month. 
So I started painting on the side in order to just so painting make... becomes the side hustle. Oh yeah, but it's gonna to pay. Yeah, so you're monetizing it. It's and not at, just for fun. And at this time, Etsy just started. Oh okay. So it was just the beginning of like this online yep. post direct, like direct to the collector. And thing. I get really excited because this was way before Instagram. So like I could post a painting, and then people could comment on it or like it, and it like gave me like it was like a fun thing to check in on this was before mobile phones had I mean, the social media crazy. so i'd like rush home and see if someone commented on my etsy page oh that's so kind of fun it is fun so i would just post like little paintings for like a hundred dollars right. 50 bucks and they're all florals because i love florals right. and people started buying them like, this is great so i was like okay well i'm gonna just paint at night and do my law job and i'm just gonna like keep going and going and going until eventually I'd post it on Facebook or other social medias. You know, everyone's like posting game day and I'm like, here's my latest painting. Right. <laughs> um, and then I started getting calls from sorority sisters. And they were like, like paint for me, paint for me. And at the time, they always remembered me as the girl that was always in the kitchen eating cereal right. at 3 a.m. <laughs> and painting at night because... I had projects due all the time. Yeah. So I think they had just like that sentimental remembrance right, like, of me. Oh, I like love Carlin. Yeah. Like, like, oh, God, yeah. the painter girl. Right. And then they started contracting me out to do different pieces. Like commissions for, for their homes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will say going to USC, I had a Rolodex of very wealthy yes. sorority sisters. So yeah. out of the box. Good on you, honestly. Yeah. It's great. And out of the box, they became my... Benefit. Like first collectors and benefactors. Absolutely, because they were buying homes or were given homes yeah. way God, early. I love this. I love all that. So that's kind of how I think USA, USC played a huge role. Totally. And still probably does, I would imagine. I would imagine if I went to a small art school, there's no way Mm-mm. I would have that help, that support. Right. The um, well-roundedness, some of the business acumen that you weren't taught but picked up in your family also through these other mentors and summers that you weren't doing art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because that's a big gap that we've talked about is like the business side. And so now you still work, work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're painting. I, I mean, do you, then do you still, because I, when I, what, you don't post obviously your law job on your Instagram and probably for good reason. I mean, you're not going to like take a snap yeah. of a contract or I don't know what you're doing. Right. But, um. But I, do you paint more than you were then as a side hustle? Or is it like, do you just never sleep? Because I see you in your studio. I paint. And you create huge canvases and you seem very prolific to me. So I'm wondering how that happens. So I I paint every day. I really? paint in every the morning day. and at night. And I I go for it. And And now it's been a decade. So what has happened is I've gotten good. You know, I've, I've just, you are. I've, just exceptionally talented I've just and I practiced and practiced. Yeah. And what, what the gift is of all these people who have bought my work. And the best part is, is now like I have collectors. I have people who not just bought one. I mean, I have families that now have six or seven of my so pieces. Amazing. And I have such gratitude for these people because they kept me in the game. Yes. And had they not bought those pieces early on right. i don't think i would have had the the like the guts to the stand. guts to keep going no way uh-uh and do you i mean for me it's like you know painting morning and night like is it are you always inspired i mean is there 
is there a myth of like an artist is always inspired? Do you, do you ever go into the studio and go like, what the fuck? I don't, I'm not feeling this right now. Oh, or God. no. Burnout is a thing I think we all in, like, no matter experience. what we're doing. I don't care who you are. But so just because you're an artist doesn't mean you're like divinely inspired 24 no, seven. And I think people think I'm a machine. Yes. Like that, that's also like a misconception. Totally. Like, you oh, you're just having like slap fun. some paint on a thing and yeah. you're like, good. Abstract art is very difficult to create. I will tell I that know, to the non-artist. because it's like people think they can go to Michael's and get like a canvas and do a couple shapes. It doesn't look the same. Just, <laughs> just, just try not. it out. No, it's it's like deathly frightening. Like I, I've seen people do it. And it's, it's like, you can't just do that. No, there's techniques, there's texture, there's layer, there's color theory. There's a lot that goes into it. And I'm still learning. I mean, my it, it's kind of funny when I like go through my portfolio and I'm showing like people or designers my work and like it's like showing your old high school photo to right people. you're like it's like this one it's mine but <laughs> my like, hair was really big because it was the 80s and you know, this is my really big cells and this is my yeah yeah and like it's embarrassing because you know the progression you've gone through and like I'm just like the work I'm making now does not correlate with stuff I did even five years no, ago but it's all practice right I mean it's not like anything's lost by painting a floral that ends up becoming an abstract, you know, 10 years later, it's you're you're just doing something different. Well, and I, I recently experienced something where somebody had seen an old painting I had done, and they wanted me to recreate it. And I couldn't do it. No. And I failed. I felt like I failed, because I was reworking this painting over and over. And I had learned like, I can't go back. Like I've changed. The work has changed. Right. Is that like being asked to go back to high school and be who you were? I, I mean, so. like to me, it's like, how can that be possible? Like, how could I go back as a writer and write the way I was writing, writing. then? Yeah, you can't. And I think that's also what makes um, series the series mm-hmm. I do so special because once I'm done, I'm never going to make work like that again, or how? it will be altered. It'll be different in the future. How do you know you're done? You just, it's an intuitive knowing. Is it like a relationship when you know you're done? You know you're done. Like, okay. and by the time you know you're done, you've been done like five paintings I know. ago. So do you stretch it out and like oh, cry, yeah. cry to the canvas and to say, please stay and don't leave? <laughs> no, that's just me, probably. I, well, it's like, I think it's good. I, I'm a little charger. I just, I, I push, 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 okay. push. You can't do that with art. And that's the problem. That's hard. I push myself constantly. And... Like force things? What do I you do. mean? Like- I try and force things, but like the bet like the best way to explain it is painting is kind of like meditating. You're in flow. Okay. And it takes a long time to get there sometimes. I know, because just you saying that makes me think it's impossible to paint then. Because to me, it's like being in flow is like this nirvana. I know it's a little bit lower than that on the (laughs) scale of things. But I'm just saying like to me, being in flow sounds so amazing. And I I felt it, but it's like it feels hard to get to and you can't force. But haven't you experienced that with your writing? Yeah. Like here you are. It just like here you are. You have a deadline. Right. You know, you know you're going to get X amount done. Yeah. But it's like on a Sunday and you just are like I just gotta work on this and then you're not you're you're pushing nothing's good you just walk away then or you you have to okay but then all of a sudden you just get inspired and you just like wrap it up in a couple of like hours like it's just like this big project that just kind of like flows out of you that's the best way to explain it with like me when I have a great like all my best paintings happened in a matter of hours and do you lose time like are you just kind of like okay so you're just like, all of a sudden you could look up and it's like been three hours and you're like, where was I? Oh, it's kind dark of? outside. I got to go home. What does it feel like to be painting in that state? Like, are you like, 
I mean, are you aware of what you're like? Is it almost? I don't want to sound like woo woo, but it's like it's it is are you channeling stuff. Are you aware? Are you like making conscious decisions? Are you not like? Is it just happening? The minute I get in my head about what I think other that client wants, yeah, I lose it. Okay. I lose whatever I'm working on. So there are moments where I'm working and I'm just like putting color on and going, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm feeling. And then, you know, I've been stressed or whatever. And then there are moments where I I have to stop and I like take myself to this place where I'm like, I am painting. I love doing this. I'm so grateful I get to do this. So there's a gratitude piece. There's a gratitude completely. As part of the process. And it like gets my brain to this place where I'm no longer in worry or fear or um, thinking about the next project. I'm just in this place where I'm like, this is rad. I've worked so hard to get to this place where I have this art studio. Someone is paying me to do what I love to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love doing this. And I just want to do more of this. And then it like comes out so much easier. Okay. It just feels better. Sense. I mean, it's still very like um, alien to me, like the (laughs) idea of this. But like to me, I guess when you relate it to something anyone else does, whether you're like, let's say you're running. I mean, I don't, I don't run. I don't even run. I don't even run away from things because I'm too lazy. I'm just like, I don't want to fucking run. Okay. But like, I I think people that certain like a certain exercise or like when they're sailing or when they're like creating music or writing, it's like, I know they can get into those states. And um, it's just interesting with art because when it's so foreign to me, like someone like me that can't imagine putting like, you know, something to canvas and like making it happen, like just to feel that kind of. And be in that space. It sounds super cool. But see, why I love painting so much is I love the physicalness of it. Well, And there's a lot of physicality to your work. Can we talk about that? Because, I mean, I know you probably do all different kinds of canvases. I happen to have a big canvas of yours. And I Mm. I think I tend to resonate with like when I see you doing big pieces. Yes. Oh, big the better. And it seems like very physical to me. Like you're dragging paint. Oh, yeah. Across like a six foot or I don't even know how big this canvas is. Yeah. I think when I started doing big pieces, I was like, oh, now I have found my place. Okay. Because, and we'll talk about space too. Yes, we got to talk about that. But um, the minute I started working on big pieces, they flowed faster. And then I got to like, kind of mix it up. Like, I'm going to use house paint. I'm going to use spray paint. I'm going to use these like oil sticks. Like I'm going to make this fun and then I'm going to get messy and I'm going to find different tools to like spread paint on the canvas and then water it down and then throw water on the canvas and see what happens. So it becomes like this dance I'm doing on top of the canvas as I'm trying to like make all these different how do you get to the paintings. middle of the canvas when it's so big? I'm Like physically, I'm just asking. Oh, I have to like stretch out. I have to like stretch out. I sometimes like a lot. I think I'll have to look at some of my bigger pieces. Sometimes I don't make it to the middle. I mean, it's like, could you do a video sometime of like, like. I have to. Would you? Because I'm like. How does she physically get to the middle of that thing? Sometimes sometimes I'm like stepping on part of the canvas yeah. to get is to the middle. Is it on the ground or is it on, up on Always the wall? Always on the ground. Okay. And that's been a like the last couple of years. All the painting is done on the ground. That's cool. Is that Does that create like a different vibe than if you're like at an easel well, or like... The building I'm in yeah, is, we gotta talk about this. is over 100 years old. So the floors are slanted. So... <laughs> So here I was trying to like compensate by like putting paper towels and different things under it. And now I let it slant. So, you know, it's like the signature. Like, you know, the work is done in this spot. I love that. Let's talk about the space thing. Because I was, you know, when I, I always think um, 
about, you know, the fear I would have stepping out and being like a just a pure artist of any kind, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I admire that you're, you know, in a place where you're kind of playing around with the balance of what's, you know, how much art versus how much work and bills and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and I know that a lot of people we talked about from Roski, a lot of the people you graduated with, and that like, let's say approximately a handful of 20 that are fine artists, a lot of them aren't practicing Mm-hmm. Um, anymore. No. And especially the women. Yeah. Right. Um, and we talked about like there's a fear piece, and of course the financial piece is not to be like sublimated. It's huge. Yeah. But like what is the thing that most artists need? Like if you thought if there's if you could boil it down to like an essential thing that it like you have to have as an artist, what is it? So I have a younger brother, Pierce, who's an artist as okay. well. Yep. And we had that a discussion like you know were we both because he also went to roski okay so we were like was that just crazy like what was it what were we thinking because we were both at that time so deep in student loans and debt and would we do it again and what would we tell other people other people or other parents who have creative kids yeah and i would say that Pierce and I are very lucky that we, uh, my dad was in real estate and he had a building that was empty that we we used for space. And this is in downtown Santa this Ana. This is in downtown it's Santa Ana. It's the Spurgeon building, is yes. that right? And it's beautiful. It's I mean, been restored. Okay. Um, and uh, we talk about that. You need space. So artists, above anything else, above bravery, above benefactor, above... Um, chutzpah above inspiration it's like if you don't have space you can't you don't create create and materials are cheap that's not what sets people back and um particularly when we pierce and i were looking to build out an art studio and you know at this point we've both been in the art game for 10 years like which is amazing story in and of itself and and at this point we could mentor anybody who wants to be an artist because we know the right shipping people the right canvas people we we and the business side of it and the business side of it the marketing side of it the pr side of it the how to work through blocks probably side of it like all the sides of art and we were like what would be the biggest gift we could give artists space so we took out a grant, a, a, a big lease in this building, yeah, and which we is are another leap of faith. Another leap of faith. <laughs> All but the out hands. I'm not saying the me hands really leap. They seem like leapers. You guys uh, just go. I think we do, just do, and it's awesome. Yeah. So you check out like a whole floor of this building, building. in downtown Santa Ana, and um, it. Pierce and I are flipping it. This is not. We are not sponsored by anybody, and no. we have one by one been taking these tiny rooms, and we are making them artist studios. And you're calling it. Is is the space called Mehan Studio Mehan mm-hmm. Studios or just your businesses are called Mehan Studios? All the 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 space, space. like the enterprise. So mm-hmm. so this whole floor in the Spurgeon building in this beautiful part of downtown Santa Ana has and it's so charming when you go in there and you feel very inspired. Like as a as a um I don't want to say consumer, but like as a just a like a, a person that's not an artist, a non-artist. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go into that space, you feel like, oh, this is cool. Like I, I'm somewhere cool where where shit is happening. Like yeah. this feels like very there's creation. Well, here. you don't feel like you're in Orange County, no, nah, because which I like. I, I didn't want to go back to downtown. Downtown's right. overplayed. Yeah, in my opinion. Sorry. No, sorry, um, sorry, DTLA. Sorry, yeah, and uh, we're and not then, brought to you by DTLA. And then by the way, we so. wanted <laughs> Pierce is funny when he's like, we are artists from orange county we are not orange county artists right so that's something else to be said but 
this space allowed for a when we clean up these spaces they're they have brick walls they're, they're white gorgeous boxes. i just saw you post like the latest one that's ready and i'm yes. like i wish i could create art because i want to like just be in that space and we just are trying to seek out artists now it's not just like young artists i can't tell you how many people are mid-career changing their careers like they've made their money or they've been divorced or like we're living so long now i think we have these chapters yeah i love you know me i'm like such a sucker for chapters yes. i want all the chapters so i'm meeting a lot of people who have had like you know an architect firm and now they're like you know what i really love doing painting and i'm gonna go for it but they need just that brick and mortar spot to do it because right. whenever i'm interviewing artists i'm like well where were you before oh, i was in a garage on craigslist yeah but unfortunately if you want to be taken seriously with an art gallery you need to have a legit studio so how does that work so the art gallery they want to come see your studio yes and they always say a studio visit right and it's like well shit i don't have a studio well here are you know, you know what am i going to do meet you in the parking lot and here are like some of the canvases yeah, out like of my dragging car them out of your van yeah like, yeah down by the river yeah, and you no. and then you're you're not taken seriously and i can't tell you there's so many creatives in this area that are working in their bedroom like i have yeah or they're working you know and they're making a mess in their homes but they just can't find the right spot so space this, to make work so this gives them like the space like literally and figuratively the space to create right because mm-hmm. you've got you need like that space to be i would think somewhat sacrosanct for that process and the benefit of having that brick and mortar studio so that the gallerist can come in and be like oh you're legit and yeah. so it's space is that important i mean if i were to tell a parent who has a child that is just insanely creative and there are lots of parents out yes. there. Give them space. I don't care if you cl- clear out your garage okay. or find like the outside, you the know, guest shed, room the guest whatever. room. Make it a studio for your kid, okay. so they can make, Art. make. With are there still spaces available at Behan Studios? So we currently have sixteen spaces, okay. and I think five are still available. Okay, and so then how do people get? Like, should they, if you were interested, how would you? So just go to our website, mehanstudios.com. Okay. And you can see the gallery of all the spaces. And then you can um, check out the square footage because all these little studios are different sizes. Right. As as one doesn't need a bigger space if you're only doing clay or whatever. Okay. And it's for all kinds of creatives. I mean, we have people who are designers. We have painters. We have um, someone does sculpting photographers is your hope that there will be like some collaboration or like projects or or just a feeling of like creation amongst these creatives that just feels good too i just feel like when you get the one thing about what art school does is there is like this synergy like you are watching other people make stuff and it gets you motivated to work on your stuff because we're all necessarily like a literal collaboration like we don't have to have like a digital painting but we can like be in that space and like wow she's creating he's creating they're creating and then what i was mentioning to somebody is that when you have all these artists in one spot that's what brings galleries that's what brings curators to walk through it's like a one-stop shop almost like we can see the best talent in orange county right now well and i know a lot of interior designers because i've worked with a lot of them that's a good point and it would be great if they come take a top client and say hey you want to see 50 and how cool as an interior designer do you look if you get to do that like a studio visit i would be like well you're connected and we can see 12 artists at one time i love that i also think that right now 
there's a shift because mm-hmm. I, as much as we talk about that, I'm like this paralegal artist, right? <laughs> um, I make more money at art than I do at my law job. Wow. So when that shift happened, was that exciting and crazy? Well, because with law, I got outsourced because a lot the of the AI programs, stuff. yeah, a lot of programs came in that took away part of the, you know, so I'm not being paid as much. Okay. And then with art, you know, Pottery Barn, all this mm-hmm. online stuff, original artwork is what people want. People want that one of a kind yes. piece that no one else has. That's true in my home, honestly. The two pieces I have that are, I have a few more, but the two that I have that are big, like yours and this other one by Zoe Pollock, mm-hmm. um, people just like flip. Yeah. You know? But also, um, my dad passed away in 2015. And when he died, and there's a lot of us kids, like, what are the things that we went through? His jewelry, yeah. his watches, his rings. Yeah. And then any, like, artwork that mm-hmm. he collected from his family. Yeah. And the rest got thrown out. Yeah, because it's just doesn't mean No one anything. wants it. There's no no one wants your shoes. No, there's no meaning. And so what I realized, especially with this one-on-one, I mean, I would say 90% of my business is all custom painting. Wow. Okay. Is so that, um, you know, so I would have a, you know, like I'd have a client come to me and say, I love this sunflower you did. Um, and I said, oh, great. And they buy it. And I go, well, where is this going? And they're like, oh, in my bedroom. Um. And then I would follow up with, well, does your husband know it's going there? Like, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to love that. Yeah. And so it kind of like led me into this realization that when people buy artwork, A, you're killing life. You're buying artwork. Right. Like that's what you're spending money yes, on. Yes, exactly. But B, like everyone has different aesthetics. And so I was like, well, why don't we create a piece that you and your husband will like together i wish you'd been around when i bought not yours but the other painting because i think it was the straw that brought the camels back in my marriage when i brought it home <laughs> honestly because i didn't consult i fell oh. in love with it brought it home hung it up and go like what and it was this. like he's like nah, no i hate those colors not. and i was like I'm, I'm leaving you no i mean it wasn't that day but you know it was like shortly thereafter it's not the painting's fault right I still love <laughs> and it still has pride of place in living room. right and but it was it. a very personal decision yes and it's i'm very like personal. oh we should have collabed on that sorry my but bad. then when i get to collaborate with these couples like not That's only really do cool. we all get to like i get to interview all you know both the both yeah. people but it's like then we get to come up with like a concept a color a feeling and then kind of let me do my thing but at the end of the day i'm like this is going to be part of your legacy like your yes. kids are going to have sentimental value right. that was mom and, in mom and dad's room and yeah. yes or i grew up with this yes piece. and so this is going to be something your kids can have or right, they're going to take or i've done um i'm really impressed with how people are decorating children's rooms these days uh, i was just gonna say like it's so funny i think it's like i I am impressed too. Sometimes it's a little much. Yeah. But I'm impressed. And like original art in a kid's room. Yes. I'd rather see that than like a bunch of designer furnishings. To be honest, in a kid's room, no offense to all the beautiful interior designers (laughs) who do amazing work. But it's like... I've done a lot of kids' room. Yeah, I've seen that. I I told a couple clients that I've done these pieces. I'm like, these are their pieces they get to take to college or to their home. So I don't know. I... I have like this ego that loves the fact that I can be a part of someone's home. I feel oh, honored to so be. It's not ego. It's more just like being feeling honored. Y- yes. It's There's such no a ego gift. to that. It's just like, it's like just a blessing, I think. 
And as you mentioned, it's so interesting. And I think I want to kind of, God, I could talk to you forever, which I have, I have been, which is great. And Murphy's like, what? <laughs> um, he's like, is this the rule for podcasts? It's yeah. Like, you like know, how like, long do these girls Yeah, need but to this talk is for? going on forever because we're very compelling. <laughs> so I'm just saying <laughs> I, there might be parts two and three to this. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about, because you, you just alluded to it just a little bit ago, was talking about like the shift of the money making piece, right? And mm. like paralegal and how that's outsourcing. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about and it goes all the way it threads all the way back because we're so artful as conversationalists. It threads all the way back to the beginning of the conversation about forcing these kids to take AP classes oh in high school that don't mean shit to them. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like this creative economy, right? The creative talent is where it's at for the future. Because yes. we were talking a little bit and I need to talk to your older brother about AI. So mm-hmm. I really understand it. So that's another podcast, yep. which I'm going to use Murphy's brand new call-in feature, which is yeah. going to be used for that. Um, but you can't like outsource in the same way or AI art or no. creativity or mm-hmm. inspiration or intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like that's the next wave for like how, I mean, people are already making a ton of money at it because yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. But uh-huh. like, to me, that seems like the next wave that we should encourage kids. Mm-hmm. Well, to be creative. I, I I think there's a huge shift. And the thing is, when I was going through school, it was all about women and math and science, and we need more yes, women and engineers. Cool with STEAM and STEM too. and whatever other acronyms there Absolutely. are Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but there was like heavily like left brain focus. In focus. Um, and n- I think like I was thinking about it the other day. I couldn't, if I was born 50 years ago, there's no way in hell I could be the woman I am today. Because we have all these, like, we live in, like, the coolest time and place Don't right we? now. Yeah. And especially with social media, like, an Instagram, I can post an art piece and directly a buyer can contact right. it me. It makes it more democratic. Yes. Nothing against galleries and gallerists no. because I love them and I love how they curate and right. it's like the best feeling to be in those spaces. But you're right. It's like democratizes the process of owning art. But I think like younger kids now have the mm-hmm. tool to be themselves. Like it's all about yes. the individual right now. Right. Everyone has a voice. Like whether you agree for it, which I love it or not and like everyone's an expert. You know, everyone right. can write a blog post or post or yeah. um and so what I think is happening is that there's this shift now where, yeah, like I know a ton of people who went to law school and aren't making money at it. There's so many lawyers Doctors out there. too, because of the health yes. insurance system. So. so I feel like there's all these jobs that people just like didn't really know what they wanted to do. But like, oh, my, do- my dad was a doctor. Right. So I'll We're be a doctor. That. I come from a family of lawyers. Yeah. That's so it. I'll be a lawyer. Right. And then they kind of get into it. They hate it. They right. have all these loan debt and then they're stuck in a profession they're not really passionate about no and And it's oversaturated one life here i mean hopefully we have many lives we can get into that another podcast because i'm like hoping that i I saw this so i work in intellectual property and that's a very like specific kind of law yes um but like now you used to make a ton of money at it and now no you don't Mm -hmm. there's just a lot there's just there's a lot of competition. Yeah. So these big corporations will go to somebody else for a lot cheaper or they'll outsource it to another country to yeah. get the work done. So what I found with my art, it was like an avenue where before it was like, well, I just need to make $200 to make rent. right. And now it's like, 
oh no, that has grown yes. in business and pricing and value. Which, congratulations, because that's you. no small feat. That's a lot of practice, a lot of faith, a lot of time, a lot of time and bravery. Yeah, and just sticking with it. But it was like weird to watch like the something shift. that I thought would like save me. Yeah didn't follow through and then something where it was like oh my side hustle became what paid my rent what ended up do you think that's the affording me a lifestyle in like a universe kind of sense the alignment of like passion and purpose and the time we live in obviously but like i think that when you're doing what you love i don't know i have a lot of people you know talk to me about um taking the leap and like going, you know, being an entrepreneur of any kind, mm. whether it be an artist or whether start your own business or um, open a retail store. And I always encourage people to leap because I've never seen anyone that has a true passion for what they're doing fail mm. at that leap. And I think it's true with with you and your art. You've just kept going. And I do think we do need to encourage, you know, this next generation. And even people, like you said, we have so many chapters. I would encourage, you know, someone of any age if they're feeling the art vibe, get a studio at Mian Studios. Mm-hmm. Like, um, ex- just even dabble in it. Like you said, the side hustle can become the passion and the main hustle. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like kids need to be encouraged to be creative and be who they are and not fill into fit into boxes and not be discouraged from things that, oh, you're going to be a starving artist or writers never make money. Or, that's not true anymore. No. And especially, as you said, like as things get outsourced and the world becomes flat, you know, with the internet and you know, um, Fiverr and Bangalore and everything from India and all, you know, the Asia's like, to me, it's like, there is a lot of value, both perceived and real monetary value in creative endeavor Mm -hmm. and producing unique content, products, ideas. Well, how many times have you traveled? I go to Europe or wherever and I'm shopping and I'm like, there's nothing it's to the buy. the same stuff. And I'm like, that used to be a thing. Right? Like, I remember I had you friends. You could go I didn't and find go, treasures. Yeah. And now I find no treasures. Treasure? I can find that online. Or, mm-hmm. the, <clears throat> I mean, we do live in the shopping mecca in Southern right. California. But, like, people are looking for one-of-a-kind, exactly. special, handmade pieces. And I think the further we feel disconnected, there's more of an ache for to like to be connect again and connect to and like connecting to an artist feels really good too. Yeah. And like to the to process, like to old processes, to time honored processes, to new processes, to um, that energy of the creation of something. And like you said, the beauty. Like I think we're seeing. That's why we're seeing a lot of people just with you know when you look at like interior design, for example, and people that you know most people cannot work with an interior designer. Let's be real. I mean, here they do, but you know, in the real world, yeah, you know, they're just going to a flea market or trying to you know gather some things for their home. Hopefully, a piece of original art. You know, eventually at some point from anybody, even mm-hmm. if their kid makes it, they frame it. But to me, it's like you want to be surrounded by like beautiful things, and you're making things yourself now. We're kind of in a maker's culture, and I yes. think that. That's kind of great, too. And I think that you know the artists are artists. Fine artists will always be on a different level. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that people are embracing the arts more. But I think we do need it. And I'm glad that you and Pierce have found this way to not only practice your craft, but also 
So I guess, you know, like incubate or at least um, empower other artists Mm -hmm. to practice theirs. Well, I I have my oldest brother, Nelson, is my best friend. And he's very, very smart. And he's very funny. And he always has like really great like little hot tips for me. I mean, I was born. (laughs) I have five brothers. Yeah, I have five (laughs) brothers. So I'm really lucky. I I have all these men that coach me up. Yeah, like we were talking about the Meehan program. Yeah, the Meehan program. program. That's right. You should. Um, Definitely trademark that. Trademark that. Um, <laughs> but, he, you know, so when I was first starting out just painting on the side, I was like, God, I'm so lonely. Like, this is lonely. Yeah. I don't like it's being isolating. an artist. This is lonely. No wonder they all kill themselves. Right. They're it's all like broke. Or by work. themselves or in their house. Yeah, they're all, all weirdos. Yeah. yeah. And he said to me, he goes, um, why don't you reach out? Why don't you go through Facebook? Or try and track down people you graduated with. Because it had been a couple years. Yes. So you're like, okay. And reconnect. go find them. And see what they're up to. And start, you know, asking if you can connect up with them and see what they're working on. So I started reaching out to all these different people I had graduated Roski with. And no one was making art anymore. That's really sad. And then there were a few guys that were, there were a few men that I graduated that were still kind of working on some creative stuff or they became photographers. I mean, we do live in like the, you know, Quicksilver, right, you so know, there's creative, creative endeavors you know, for Ruka's ways really to monetize your photography and graphic design. Yes. I think or they got into about. the surf industry. Like right. they found a way to make it work for yes. them. But like fine art. And then I had tracked down all the girls and not one of them was still painting. It just makes me really sad. It And it's so sad. And I was so discouraged. And it was like, well, I got this job or I got married. And you mentioned there were some major talents, major including talent. you, that came out of that class oh, God. that should be painting. Uh, big time. And, uh, you know, I sadly, I mean, I was, a, I was pretty well known graduating, but I was not never as good as some of these rock stars. Who are no longer painting. Who are no longer painting. And then it like became this like god mission where growing up i always had male mentors but i never had women mentors i never had a woman mentor who was like a fine artist that was um speaking who was teaching who had shows around the world i had a voice really and so it was like okay then i have to keep going so that i can be that be that become that yep that's the goal so would you say that goal is like tantamount to like I mean, is it like on the same level as creating art? Is that goal of yours? Absolutely, because we need people in the public to show you can, you don't have to go into real estate. Right. You don't have to be what your parents were. Exactly. You don't have to take a job that you hate. Right. And I've done it. I paid my way through. No, we've all done it. And then I think, you know, we live so long, knock on wood nowadays. It's like, would you really, you want to like subjugate yourself to like subject yourself to that like, I don't know, dreary kind of existence in a job you don't like? Yeah. It's going to be a long life. I mean, you may not be a fine artist. I'm just saying, but I think any listener right now that even if they don't want to be a fine artist. A creative um, of any kind. Or even just like take the leap. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like just do what what you do, what you have passion for and Mm -hmm. don't rule out anything. Well, the world needs you. To show up as you. I think the world needs Mm -hmm. us to show up as the best version of us. Yes. And And that. And we, and we know this, but like for some reason, we do get caught up in loans or yeah. um, and responsibilities. And it's easy to do because I mean, the money's real. But I mean, 
Carrie, to be honest, I think I'm one of the very few girlfriends that isn't married with kids. Right. And I'm 34. Yeah. And I think for a long time, I really wrestled with that. Like, well, I'm not doing what other girls are doing. I'm not getting married. And that's hard. And it's like, Super what hard. does that mean? And, a lot you know. of, and then, you know, and girl on girl bad behavior. Like, well, why aren't oh, you married yet? So much girl on girl. I mean, that sounds really, you know, <laughs> sexual, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but you know what I so mean? So much girl on but girl. But like, like, oh, you're doing something a little different. And now they just, they know that's who I am. But, you know, kind of me realizing like I, I I keep straying from this path and I need to keep owning it totally and I'm not perfect at it clearly no and it takes I mean no one's perfect at anything right mm. but I think it's brave to like strike out on your own path and I you think have that to. yeah and I just think that you know what I find is when I talk to friends or just people I you know met recently um where the unhappiness kind of settles is when you're chasing either the wrong thing mm-hmm. um and you're either chasing that wrong thing because you're scared to chase what feels right to you um in whatever way whether it's career or you know relationship or you're just chasing someone else's dream mm-hmm. whether it's your parents dream whether it's society's dream for you whether it's instagram's you know quote unquote dream for you and what you're seeing played back to you it's like that's where the, the unhappiness is settles into those grooves there. And it's like you cannot do it's it. It's a big eye roll, right? Don't we always talk about like yeah, I, it I, is. I, know I just rolled my eyes. It's just like all these other we've I've had this conversation with so many random right? like we and you see it, you smell it, you're like, oh and what it is is you have to be authentic. You are your best when you're your authentic totally. self. And that is the message. Yep. And for me, I am still wrestling with being my authentic self. I'm owning it every day. Yes. I still had the realities of life. I've got to pay for things no, and, or all this. Right. And a lot but, of people much less fortunate than we are have way gnarlier realities, yes. right? But it's like I'm always my best when I'm really true to who I am. And that's when the work comes out better. Everything comes out better, right? Yeah. So parting message, authenticity. Yeah. Be authentic to you are. And it's fun. It's so great to see you. Um be I love you. I've I've always loved you, but like be having you be more and more you is super rad and super exciting. Well, doesn't that come with age too? You're just like it does, fuck it. thank God. Yeah, I mean, like I'm so I don't give thankful. a fuck anymore. Yeah. yeah. And 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 my mom's like, wait till you hit like your mid forties. Like you're really gonna you'll hit start, your stride. You'll start running. It's great. But even it's, if you don't want to run, it's you just can like, just jog. Like like I was telling you a little bit. Like I came from this kind of a interesting family. My yes. dad was kind of a nutball. My mom is wonderful. Um, but and my dad was just this like larger than life character. And whenever I'd say, well, dad, well, why don't we do it like that family? Or why don't we do this? And he's like, no, baby, that we, we're on the Meehan program. Right. We do us. Right. They can do them. I love that. And but what a it great was message like, as a kid. It was just like, no, no, no. That's not how our family rolls. Right. And you're lucky to be a Meehan. But, you know, we are, <laughs> we are what we are. You know, my mom had five boys. She didn't have three perfect girls that just mind their manners. I mean, right. we were just over the top, outrageous, loud my dad Which had motorcycles and all things. Yeah, we were just, and we're all very different. And for good or bad, I do think the strength in having the parents I had, it was just like, you got to, you know, my dad was very entrepreneurial. My mom was very Mother Earth. And I think that created a great environment for all of us to just to do grow. you. Yeah. Thrive and do what you what's best for you. And I think... What I want people to take away, and I definitely need to do another podcast with you to talk about our dads. Oh, my God. Yeah. It'll be like a 
belated Father's Day podcast. <laughs> um, they had a lot of similarities, differences. I think similarities. we're like we had There's the same a lot dad. of similarities. Um, but I think you know what I want people to take away at the end of this. I think which we are at the end of our podcast, which makes me sad, but also happy that I got to sit with you. Um, is that you know whether or not you're lucky enough to be you know have a program in your family like the Meehan program and mm-hmm. two parents that encourage yeah. and keep you hungry, make you hustle. And, you know, I think you still can take away from this being you Mm -hmm. taking leaps of faith, be creative in your life, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Right. And just show up as you 100% you. It takes a while to get there. And you're always evolving. So you can never be 100% you because you you is changing. Mm -hmm. But just like embrace you know that you're loved. Um, We also talked about yeah, the mini win. Yes. And totally. And and celebrate mini wins each day. I think people get a little disillusioned with online media. Because for me, selling a painting when I first started, like I got 50 bucks. That was a mini win, but I needed that 50 bucks. Yeah. And now every day I think I just hit the mini wins because what I can realize looking back over a decade is this accumulation of all these mini wins of mini sales mini projects mini shows mini meetings that you just didn't know you're gonna meet someone and it turns out to be something amazing and that's what creates uh, the big juicy win yeah the big juicy win which is being you Mm -hmm. yeah all right so Till the next podcast. Oh, this was so fun, Carrie. My beautiful friend uh, and abstract artist extraordinaire, Carlin <laughs> Meehan. Um, you're, it's carlinmeehan.com, right? Uh, Carlin Meehan Studios. Thank you. So K-A-R-L-I-N-M-E-E-H-A-N studios, plural, dot com. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And also meehanstudios.com. Yeah. Right? And For check us out on Instagram space. as well. You can yeah, see all the Yeah, you got to go on Instagram. Yeah. It's all, all about the Insta. Um, all right. Love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Carrie. I okay. love you too. See you soon. <laughs> Bye.